Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Welcome along the Live Lounge episode 121 here, Monday evening. Myself, Phil Bars, Jack Garwin and Liam Riley join us today. Uh, Boise can't be with us because he's gone to watch the football. What a Anyway, moving on, how are we all? He's gone to watch a Scouse Masterclass in his own team stadium. How brilliant is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, how are we all? At least it's not a, mon- a Monday wedding anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I've had enough of them, mate, to last me a lifetime, I tell you. <laughs> um, never a dull moment in darts, but it's been a fairly good five or six days for the sport, gents. It's been a, hopefully, what it has been is a moment of realisation that fans know what they're on about. (laughs) Because people have been calling for this tournament to be pairs only for years. Years. And look at it. People are lapping it up. Best tournament on the calendar. Oh, my God, how brilliant is this day been? Yes, the four match. Like, there has not been a single, well, there has been some, backlash about the tournament, but it has not been about the fact they've changed it to pairs. I'm telling you now, there's not been a single negative comment about it being changed to pairs only. Anyway. No, it's been good. Uh, another talking point which we'll come on to later when shit went down on Friday night. I did giggle. That's friends. No. 10pm Friday. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. We'd, um, we'd kept that quiet for about 36 hours before it broke. And we were just laughing at what the comments were going to be like, weren't we? Yeah, inevitable. <laughs> we, 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 we will talk about that later on. But before we get into it, let's jump in to the best chat room in darts and say hello to everyone. Tommy, how are we doing? Uh, Morgan said Monday night was sorted. Absolutely. Uh, Sam, is two hours long enough? I, 
we there could be some some Fergie time, that is for sure. Um, evening, um, Craig, how are we doing? Uh, how are we doing, Mr. Bolton? Oh, wrong one. Uh, Joel is in. Yeah, very fitting. The episode one two one is about Wales winning the World Cup. Hashtag Johnny Special. Uh, evening, Andrew. How are we doing? James is in. Yankee is in, of course. Uh, David is in. From, he says, good morning from New Zealand. Hope you are good. Uh, A&B Floor Care. Uh, Matthew, how are we doing? Of course, Craig is in, as always. How are we doing? Paddy, Teresa is in. Uh, LS is in. And, of course, the one and only Mr. Matthew Stevens is in. Hope you are good, buddy. Um, I know we spoke going off topic here, uh, Matthew. Can you drop us a DM on Twitter or whatever social platform you're on so we can try and sort out something, please? Uh, after the show, of course. Um, we're doing Ian, and he says, amazing Welsh. Yeah, that they were, they were sensational. We'll come on to more of the Welsh in a minute. But Thursday, gentlemen, when the tournament started, I don't think we knew it was going to start with such a bang. Forget the pairs and all that going on. I dropped something in to the chat, which surprised you boys. And I said, the Belgium team's not on the same page. And you're all like, what, what? So we, we got to the venue and no word of a lie. They wouldn't, on this is on the Thursday, they wouldn't do any media together. So all their Sky media was done singularly. And then for the photos that they'd done, they obviously had individual photos. But then they were doing the back-to-back photos, weren't they, for the thing? They had to get them to do it at angles and then crop them together. And we were like, is it that bad? But watching it, oh, my God. I've never seen anything like that in a pairs game. Not on the same page as an understatement, mate. They weren't even in the same book in the same fucking library. They were miles apart from each other. I've, I've never... I've, we've seen tension and we've seen needle up on stage like that, but not towards somebody that's on your own team. I've never known anything like that at all. It was literally walk on miles apart. Practice starts not even looking at each other. No fist pump. And then when they won at the end, they just walked around each other. We were like, oh, shit. This is I, serious. I, I don't think there's been, I don't know that I can remember, in World Cup history, anything as visible, uh, that, such visible hatred on the first day as we saw between the pair of them on Thursday. Yeah, it was just r- remarkable. And at that point, I'm thinking, uh, same as everyone, they've got no chance here. Because the World Cup, Belgium have always starred in the World Cup. It, always. It's a tournament that they revel in. Like, it, it, it feels very much like, even with Kim Herbrex on the decline, a case of when, not if, for them, they have been there or thereabouts for so, so long. And the problem is that where they are such a, a well-recognisable pair from this event, where they have had relative levels of success in this tournament before and where a lot of that has been built on the fact that they're part of the same management stable as Dimitri was coming through. They obviously had a great re- um, repertoire with each other. I mean, we were sat the other week going, we wonder who throws first. Well, Dimmy still calls Kim Captain Kim. He certainly isn't calling him captain as the adjective right now, is he? Let's be honest. <laughs> him I don't know about captain. <laughs> Definitely beginning with a C. Um, and then we had it all move on. Look, that statement that was put out, and I've got to say, the press room absolutely 
pissed themselves laughing when John Parks' words on commentary were like, when it was all written by someone. <laughs> and I, I, I've got to say, I don't know if it was Yetzi that produced it, but he was the one that I saw on Twitter. The, the picture of Dimitri with Matt Porter stood behind him with a firearm. I Again, I've never laughed so much in all my life. You could tell that the top got involved after because it looked so bad on TV that the hierarchy obviously got involved at that point. Someone certainly had a word somewhere, haven't they? Has mediated some sort of conversation that as the weekend got on, they, they clearly put those differences aside and there was the odd fist bump back in there. Or I saw some teams high five. England were high fiving. I was like, no, what are we doing here? It's fist bumps, never high fives. Um, but yeah, look, they clearly put it aside. They put in some bloody good performances as well as the weekend went on. Um, but it, obviously, it wasn't enough for them. Um, no, no, and uh, people asking the chat room that no, we, we don't know the actual reasons. Um, we, we weren't allowed to to get into that with them. That everyone thinks that when media don't ask questions, are oh, you lot bottled it? We, we're given briefings beforehand. If there's something that we can't ask or we're not allowed to go into, media are, are, are brief. Not just in darts, it's the same in football and whatever. That media officers thing, and it was like they'll they'll do media, but you can't probe. As in the, the actual reasons, which I mean, look, there's certainly a few rumours going around as to why they're not talking. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look, let, let, let Twitter do its thing with that. But the actual reasons is we we, we don't know. Um, yeah. But we, we'll, we'll play some clips. So we'll do the two on their own, and then the one the next day when there've been some mediation. So we'll do Kim first. Is it? I think it's clearly obvious, no handshake, no eye contact, or, or, or anything. Can you tell us what's going on? Mm, something private, something personal, so rather not talk about it. Okay, but as a team, obviously, yeah. when you're not getting on, can you win this World Cup when you're so far apart? We'll see, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, for me, it's the first time playing a doubles tournament with somebody you don't get along with now, um, so we'll see. We'll, uh, we'll talk Sunday if we can win it or not. Is that a weird atmosphere then? And just a whole strange feeling to you because the World Cup is something that's brought you so much joy over the years? Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, this has always been my favourite tournament. Um, it's always been my um, quite enjoy to play, first of all, with my brother, with my family, to represent my country. Um, then we had the Michi, everything was going good, so we played well. Um, yeah, things happen. And we'll see. Um, we'll see how far we get. We haven't really spoke to each other about it. Short one. Uh, I tried to talk to Dimitri before this tournament, um, but there wasn't a good conversation. So um, yeah, it's something we're gonna that I'm gonna keep private. We'll see um, how long that's gonna keep private. Uh, the thing is, we, we won. Doesn't matter how everybody else sees it. We just done the business, and that's all. Uh, all that matters. Before that, besides that, I've got no comment. When you are so far apart, and it is doubled all the way around, can you win this tournament being not on the same page? Yeah, of course we can win this tournament. It doesn't matter how we feel, what we do. It's all about. I know how he is. He knows how I am. As soon as we're on that stage, as soon as we're playing a game, we go. We give a hundred percent. You can see that today, and you'll be seeing that the rest of the tournament. We're going to give 100%. 100%. Don't worry about that. We're going to give 100%.
Yesterday we knew we had each other's back. When we play doubles, we know we've got each other's back. We didn't we show it, in. but today we show that we've got each other's back. And it's not um, something for the public, it's for ourselves. Yeah. Uh, we want to do that today. He knows I've got his back. He knows, I know that he's got my back. Exactly. It's one thing today. We know what, darts-wise, we know what we're capable of. And yeah. I know what Dimitri can do if he's, if he's on top. He's, he can be the, one of the best players in the world. If I'm on top, I can be one of the best players in the world. And we just have to show it. And uh, you can only do that if you show that you're a nation here, you're a team. Yeah. And that's what we discussed, and that's what we're going to do the rest of the tournament. Use the energy in the right way. Again, not going into the individual stuff, but yesterday, obviously, there was a lot of talk around on social media about it. And <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm guessing that you two... Everybody's got opinions. Sorry, not, not an opinion on the thing, but do you feel that perhaps you let the fans down yesterday the way you two that's approached we, it? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what we've noticed. Yeah. Exactly, uh, we want to apologise for that for our fans. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't very professional. We thought we handled it professional by yes. each doing our own thing, yeah. but it wasn't very professional towards the fans. And, no, um, towards the world. It's not actually. like we're best mates or we're like, oh, everything is sorted. We're but here for a goal. We're here for a goal. Uh, we're Team yeah. Belgium. Yes. Um, the World Cup is much bigger than egos. And yesterday yes. we were two egos. Yes. It was an interesting little twenty-four hours, gents. Oh. They didn't look at each other. They look. They didn't look at each other at the same time once. <laughs> they could feel the presence of the other one looking, going, "Should we be looking at each other?" <laughs> it was. It, 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 it was interesting. Um, but that, that 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 was the huge talking point for for that bit. The group stages. First of all, chat room as well. Do we think the group stages worked in a good way? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. When only half the seeds make it out of the group stage, then yeah, definitely that they were. Look, some of those seeds perhaps weren't the strongest, and there is that conversation to be had around the way that teams are seeded, whether it should be based off past success in pairs only, because it's the only time we ever get pairs, or whether it should be off the individual ranking of, of both players. Does that necessarily translate into pairs ability and, and ranking? Uh, but as a whole, I think the group stage was really entertaining to be honest we got to see some great darts some not so great darts some really hard fought groups lots of scenarios still to play for in that third session i thought just opened it up brilliantly um yeah i think that's the love of the tournament once you get to the nitty-gritty end you, you can sort of sense who's got the best grasp of it who's gonna win it and the, the one regret is that the top four weren't involved in this yeah, yeah, I agree. Yes. yes, there is a chance it may have coasted through, but the, the one you've got to feel a little aggrieved here for is Australia having to play more games as defending champions to get knocked out, and then the Dutch running into the fifth seeds or sixth seeds, whichever one it was, after having not played a game at all. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought I thought the just one qualifying from each group was great as well. It's kind of winner takes it all out of the group stage as well, which made it competitive. Um, and I think that some of the groups were really, really went down to the wire as well, which is great that, that on that in that going into that last match, that a lot was riding on the last match, whether it be legs, difference, or whatever. Um, the only complaint maybe that I'd have or change maybe that I'd make would be getting the the, the, the top seeds involved earlier. I thought it would have been great if uh, there, and there could have been a couple of twists in there. Um, I know there would have been favourites to come out of the group, and if they were in the group stages, it would have been even more interesting if one of them had gone out early doors um, and just have everyone involved from the start. But I think the group stage was uh, worked very well overall. 
I agree. A couple of real standout. I know it's pairs, but there was a couple of real individual performances that I really like. Mahmoud from Bahrain, he can certainly play. And if he had a partner, they would have been involved in this because yeah. he, he can certainly play. It's just the same Yusuf can't. That's my kind Did of average. you see my tweet? Yeah. Three weeks ago, I went to the pub with my girlfriend and my brother. We got back. She threw some darts randomly. And literally, I look up at one point. She goes, look where that's landed. And she pierced my airbed. She's missed my <laughs> dartboard by that much. After seeing uh, Abdul Nasser play at the weekend, I was like, go and throw nine darts. And she averaged 41. He averaged 38 and 39. <laughs> um, the other one, which I was really excited to see for the first time, having because he missed out on the World Championship, was Zong. From China. And again, I, there was huge potential there. I thought, especially in his second game, where they only narrowly lost to Belgium, I thought, impressed with Zong. Yeah. And, uh, I, pausing, I think this point is to drop that 4-0 loss to Finland hurts. Yeah. Sorry. I reckon, and in a couple of years, the Chinese, I reckon they could be a, a decent outfit in this World Cup as well. We, we, we certainly haven't seen the last them. Um, uh, I think given maybe four or five years and uh, and the Chinese will definitely start picking up results in the next couple of years in this World Cup and um, there could be a, a dark horse in, in the coming years as well. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, and the French knocking at Northern Ireland was was superb, but the heartbreaking thing was seeing um, Labra and Tricol after they got battered, literally tears rolling down their eyes. But Baby steps and good steps for the French. Yeah, considering we've been screaming for them to be involved in this tournament, they finally get that because Labra forces their way in as a, as a tour card holder. They come through a tough group with an established pair and have been there and done that an awful lot. They've got God knows how many records on TV. Dolan, the first fit of nine dart. How many titles have those two got between them to then come through that group? Tough. And then to come through against a very good South Africa outfit, by the way. Devin Peterson really did step it up this weekend to give him his due. And look, we've seen that in the past with him in the World Cup. Necessarily translated to the Pro Tour. We were concerned headed into this weekend. But with that weight on his shoulders, I thought Devin performed really, really well this weekend. The French pushed them aside a little bit. And then look, <laughs> there is absolutely no crime, despite the scoreline and it being a little bit emphatic and, and not really getting going, in losing to a pair of Gary Anderson and Peter Wright that are averaging 90. Yeah. Um, I, I agree, Matthew. I, the way that I thought that was going to happen as well. <laughs> Could you imagine the pictures <laughs> of them lifting the trophy? Um, but going into the knockout stages, boys, for me, it was only in that first knockout game, but it was game of the tournament. How good was that Belgium-Netherlands game? Oh, my word. That had everything. Unbelievable! It has to be up. It has to be up there with the game of the tournament. I think so many twists and turns. I mean, the last leg decider is always brilliant. I mean, Dirk nearly shouldered uh, Noppy off the stage at one stage. Uh, was it at seven all with his celebrations or seven six, um, which was brilliant viewing as well. Um, and it wasn't the first time that Belgium had been. Um, were involved in a, a, I think all three of their games went to a last leg decider in in, in the knockout stages as well. Um, so they certainly got used to them. 
Um, but no, what a brilliant game, twists and turns all the way. And I, I suppose that's why we've for so long we've been campaign campaigning and everyone has been calling out for these pair matches all the way. The drama alone that the, the matches bring. Um, and it was impossible to call a winner until right at the very end then. But um, the, the Belgians were very impressive in seeing off the Dutch in that one. It's the drama that you've got all four people on stage as well. And Dirk's man management was brilliant because... He deaf stared Noppy, almost pushed him off the stairs, gave him a rollicking at one point. It was great. And you had the Belgians doing the same at this point. It was literally just turbocharged on that stage. It was. It just, I think what you have to understand is sometimes people are just completely different characters. Some people need that stick to bash them to get them going. And some just need that that little bit of loving. And I'm not sure Danny is the one that's going to respond to that. <laughs> <laughs> to that macho bravado ness of bashing in sort of thing. It's sort of like, come on, Danny, get going. That's all he yeah. needs. He just needs that little yeah. bit of, no, you've got this. You are you are good enough to do this. Not give me a chest bump <laughs> and see if you can stay on stage and then fire yourself up. Yeah, um, I thought Croatia were, were very good. I was, I was impressed with Croatia. Yeah, to knock Republic of Ireland out. I was actually after the first game. I was I actually thought they would have a good chance. I thought it was a good pair there, and you know Connor with the experience and and, and Keen Barry as well. But for them to to knock the uh, that Republic of Ireland team, I think O'Connor has played in every edition of the World Cup as well. That was very impressive, um, from them in the group stages. Yeah, we missed as well. Poland's record average was just sensational. Um, which. Again, I said this at the time, but I said this last week. And to be honest, I still stand by it. Poland now have the record average for a pairs game. And of the three Polish players of a tour card holder, these two are in the worst form. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. Um, the Philippines bowed out in the knockout stages, but <clears throat> by God, again, two good players. And it sounds like Alagan is going to go to Q school. Um, and Christian Perez, obviously his visa, he's told us it's sorted. So... That's encouraging as well because I thought they looked solid. I hope so. The only problem is Alagan is not getting any younger, by the way. No. I can't remember exactly how old he is, but he is he's not a spring chicken as he might look. Where's he gone? Forty five years old is Lawrence Alagan. Um yeah, Sam, I've highlighted your question, mate. We'll, we'll come on to that towards the end, but I've started, so we'll come back to it. Um, I want to talk about England as we move into the quarterfinals. Now, we've spoken about the pairs, and this highlighted to me that England aren't really what I call a team, as in two fantastic players, but it just felt like watching them on stage, it was two individuals on stage where... You went through Germany, felt like a pair. Scotland felt like a team. The French did. The Welsh certainly did. There seemed to be some chemistry missing between the English. Maybe a little, but they haven't played badly. They've got an average 93.5 and 94. There's only one team in the tournament. The two teams in the tournament produced a higher level than that. That's why I said Australians lost the match where they produced a better average as well. I think it was just the way it fell in that moment. I'm not so sure it's a lack of chemistry, but I think it's also a case of what on earth do we do about this? Because Clemens was not missing. They had the entire room behind them in one of the busiest sessions of the weekend. 
primetime viewing as well, so they're suitably lubricated as they were positioned in the schedule all weekend. And and they just got on a roll. Schindler, I thought, was excellent in that in that opening role. Very, very interesting to see the Germans do that because Clemens is still the highest-ranked player and everyone else seems to just plod along with what they know. We'll, we'll talk about that more in a bit as well because it definitely cost the team. But for them, for Clemens to go, actually, no, you go on. You, you do the scoring. We'll set it up. If we get a 15 data, you've got, if we've got 12, I'll go for the, the long-range out shot. But if we've got a 15, then you'll be there to mop it back up again. You're playing better darts at the moment. You go and throw more times. And he, he started him off brilliantly. And, and every time Clemens did get a chance, he didn't miss. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I agree with his composure of the weekend. I mean, uh, considering that the pressure was on them as, as the, the home favourites, um, Clemens was absolutely solid. I mean, he just he was taking the step back sometimes, taking the extra breath that he needed and was pinging up until that Scotland semi-final match when they, they maybe missed a couple of doubles in the crucial moments to, to see off the Scots. Clemens was bang on. And I think they're a really, really good pair. And I think if they're, if, if they're together again next year, they'll, they're a serious outfit in this pair's format as well. Yeah, then we had, obviously, Wells coming through our last leg decider to beat Belgium in that semi-final. Again, Johnny Clayton, balls of steel, when it mattered, that ton finish was tricky, but he made it look effortless. Was was never anywhere else. Once that first start was in, that was never anywhere else. Yeah. Um, the final. Well, so we had Scotland against Wales in the final. Now, in that semi-final, it was blatantly obvious that Scotland needed to change their order. Gary Anderson was playing considerably better than Peter Wright during the tournament. And they needed to get Anderson more visits to the board. And they came out for the final and stuck with it. Look, I'm not saying it would have made a difference because Wales was sensational. But I think it would have given Wales something more to think about. I, I certainly think so. The, the score, even if you just say Peter Wright did get it going towards the end, especially again in that Germany game, his finishing at the back end was, was that little bit better. The scoring power of Gary Anderson is enough to scare teams, is enough to frighten people. And if they'd gone about it with Anderson opening, the way you look at a pair's game of darts is, especially when the same player is starting every leg, it's not as if they're alternating, right, you play with the darts, I'll play against the darts sort of thing. When the same player is starting every single leg, that player that throws first is always going to throw more darts or the same amount of darts. That second player is never going to have more visits to the board. And that's an issue when you've got Gary Anderson stood around trying to pull off miracles after 12 darts constantly because the Welsh just sat there nicely teed up or, or after 15 darts or whatever it is, knowing that Johnny Clayton sat waiting on tops because the Welsh have played it brilliantly all the way down and Peter Wright scored 46 in one of his three visits. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Joel, I've starred your comment as well because we will talk about that later on. Um, but I, in the... I get the respect there. I get that it had been a winning formula for him all the way through the tournament, so why change it? And actually getting to the final, as, as Joel says, is probably Gary's only aim of this tournament. But if you're going to have a crack at that Welsh team, who well, I'm going to heap praise on in a minute, you had to go Gary first. Had to. Yeah. Look, moving on into that final, they were favourites for a reason. And by God, as a pair, that Welsh team is arguably the best pairs team 
we have ever seen. Oh, that, that was exactly the praise I was going to go with. I'm, I'm not sure it's arguably. Look, we, we'll never get to match them up against Phil Taylor and A.D. Lewis when they were doing damage early on, and we won't get to match them up against Van Gerwen and Barney in their prime. But if this event stays all pairs and these two stay together for the next five years, as they could well do, good luck stopping them in this tournament. They should and could at this level break the record for number of World Cup wins because they are just so good. They are so <coughs> clinical. They're, the way they bounce off each other is superb. The way that Gezi just shoulders the scoring phase at the start, you know you're not going to be behind. Clayton's just ice cool sat in behind. And, and what's quite noticeable is that normally there's a lot of consideration about what you're leaving each other, right? And that means Gerwin Price has to deviate away from leaving tops or missing a dart top to give Johnny Clayton darts at the bottom left-hand corner of the board. That didn't happen, and Johnny was ice cold on tops all weekend. Yeah. If, yeah. if for one weekend of the year, Johnny moves away from that bottom left-hand corner and pulls it off, well, you're never going to lose another game of pairs because they are ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a bit of love between Gary and Gezi. Yeah, I, mean, I know. At the end as well, they were they, they were a little bit laughy and jokey. Gary was very, um, very uh, lovable, or he was, he was loving everyone up on that stage there. One stage, I've seen the fist pumps. He was acknowledging some of the big out shots the Welsh were taking out. <laughs> Something got into him. Um, but uh, no, they, they were they were very respectful. I, I think this, both the Scots and the Welsh towards each other, um, they, they could see, I mean, the Welsh got into their stride. They were never going to be caught, really, once, once they got ahead, in my opinion. I think that they had their wobble in the or their close match, so to speak, in the semi-final against the Belgians. But yeah, Gary was certainly in good form. And and I know you've started one of the comments in relation to the Grand Slam qualification, maybe. That, that was one of the reasons that uh, that Gary was so um, in, in good form up in that stage. Well, the, the general rule of thumb with pairs, isn't it? It's like, once when you see the average, you can put between eight and ten points on that if it was a singles game. It's the general rule of thumb, isn't it? So the Welsh have averaged 99 92 and a half, 95, nearly 96, and just over 96 in pairs format. Yeah. That is unreal. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, most of that is 16, 17 darts, which means Johnny's mopping up if Gezi hasn't taken out something big. Yeah. I mean, any any little moment that the Scots had, I mean, the, the clutch finishing from Clayton uh, that we see at times, I mean, we've seen that with some of his major wins, but, I mean, they complement each other so well. It's like they play pairs every week together and they, they're, they're used to it. They look so comfortable for them up in that stage. And, and I agree with everything Gob said a couple of minutes ago about, I mean, it, it, they are going to be a very, very tricky outfit to, to compete with in the next couple of years if they stay together. Um, and, and and they're still playing at, at that, the level that they are at the moment. But it was just, it, it, was, it was cruise control for most parts, other than that Belgium semi-final where they pushed um, all the way in that one. Um, but I think once they got over that, I, I didn't really see anything other than a, a Welsh win in the final. Right, we got a clip from the, the, the final. The final was played in good taste as well, wasn't it? Like Gary yeah. knew that he was doing everything he could. If, the, if it was going to be turned around, it felt like it was going to be on Peter, who just didn't seem to have that extra gear that weekend. Gary got what he needed at the tournament. He's back in the Grand Slam legitimately. All right, he says he wants to be there by winning something, but he's qualified outright. He doesn't have to go to a qualifier now to put himself there. And I think all four players just enjoyed it. They, they had a good weekend playing a pair of something they don't normally get to do, representing their country, playing with relationships that actually they get on pretty well with on tour. Gary and Peter had a wobble 
a few years ago, but since then I've gone on to win this tournament. He stepped aside to let uh, Henderson play as well. They're, they're pretty solid. And, and so in a Welsh, it was two of the most friendly pairings in a final going, do you know what, lads? We're basically playing for 20 grand each year. Yeah. Uh, we've got a clip from the Welsh, which we'll play full into, is available on our YouTube channel, but here's the clip. Like we always say, it's a different kind of tournament because it's a pairs. So to win that, I think it means a bit more than yeah. anything. Especially, especially when it's like pairs all the way through. Always no singles. You you don't have to. It's it is a proper tournament. Or pairs tournament is a pairs tournament that we. I, I don't know. I think we've only ever lost one pairs tournament since we've played together. So a few more good years to come, hopefully. I tell you one thing. Hopefully, I get the world this year. And you can have a go like So. Surely he's only want to win the World Cup. He's in the Grand Slam, he kicks him on, he's going to win the World, he's going to win the match play, Grand Prix. I'm like, no. No, but honestly, we're here to win. We're a good good team, good partner, but there's a downside as well. It gives him a G up. Well, like I said, he's into the Grand Slam, Peter, Gary, both into the Grand Slam, so, yeah, he deserves it, We, we all deserve it, so as long as the best players in the tournament, it keeps us all on our guard. Just listening to them talk like that is so refreshing. They just chill, don't they? They're just they're just incredibly laid back. Yeah, yeah. It's just like they're in a really good place, and obviously in that interview as well that they're both buggering off on the holiday as well for for two or t- ten days to recharge those batteries in time for the match play. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see if if Johnny does kick on like he did the last time that they won this together. Um, I mean, it's been. Uh, I mean, we saw the run that he went on the last time with the one, um, and as well, I think I think they both have trust in each other when they're up in the hockey as well. I don't know if many of the other pairs have that that they know that they're they're, they're so reliable with that other person, that other um, their partner coming in behind them to to back them up and take out their big out shots. So I think that counts for a lot in their team. Yeah, I think Barzi's just having a little bit of camera trouble. Is there anything else we've missed from the World Cup? I mean. The Italians are pretty impressive. Look, Group L, actually. Look, Switzerland, I was a little bit disappointed when I mentioned they were seeded. I know this is jumping back a bit now, but while Barzi's disappeared and he's got the rest of the show wherever he needs it. Um, quite impressive, Italy, considering I was a bit shocked at how they picked their team. The Swedes, I thought, were absolutely solid, though. Yeah, I mean, to get two wins, that that was kind of one of the groups maybe that we were, that was maybe a little bit open. Um, I know most of the other groups you could kind of pick who was who could have come out of it, but Swedes on brilliant to get two wins there. Italians picking up a win as well, it was great. Um, I think, like, I mean, I know you've called for the French for a while, and I think they've absolutely justified their pick, finishing top of their group as well. Um, who else? I'm just looking through. Gibraltar got a win on the board as well. Um, Portugal, I thought, were, under, were poor. In my opinion, I think Jose, I mean, we've, we've discussed this about his counting again. I mean, it's just getting beyond a joke now at this stage for, for a man who's who's won a Grand Slam and still is, is in the sport as long as he is now um, to have, to still be making them stupid errors. It's just unbelievable. Um, but yeah. F, I thought was interesting. The only one where there wasn't a team that won two matches. All teams won one game each, decided on leg difference. Ultimately, the unsung hero, Benjamin Drew Roos, performed superbly for Denmark, getting them over the line. Um, basically, that performance against Austria was was superb. Losing 4-3 to the United States in the final game, but knowing that they'd done enough, you could tell that by Vladimir Anderson's reaction 
when that when that dart went in earlier in the match. Yeah, and I suppose that's the beauty of the, the group stage as well. I mean, we said that the three teams and only one team comes out and they all finished on two points and there was only two legs between the three teams as well. So that that kind of always there's a little bit of um I like that that extra element of the twists and turns, and it's not just the matches that are playing that it could come down to legs dif- leg difference, and they're all on the same amount of points, and it can be so interchangeable. Then in a match, depending on legs difference, I know that the the states got the win in the end, but uh, that the Danes had just gotten off legs on the board um, to get through that group, and and that, that was a tough group as well to get through. I mean, the Austrians are, are well experienced in this tournament, uh, and the states, I actually fancy them. I thought they had a good team with Van Dongen. Uh, and we've seen what Leonard Gates has done recently on the seniors tour as well. So I thought that was a good. It was Denmark did well to come out of that group, in my opinion. Talk about Leonard Gates shortly in a minute. I mean, I'm glad Denmark did get that extra leg in that final game because if they'd lost four two, Austria would have gone through on average. On team, av- that cannot be a deciding factor. That that Definitely. means like just just give us a shootout. Especially in pairs. I mean, like how can you? I mean, you could be averaging miles above your opponent in matches and or whatever. And we, we, we mentioned that about the, the Bahrain team earlier on. Um, it has to come down to shoot. That need, the, the World Cup, we, we, we said about the drama in it. That is, we, we want that extra bit of drama in there with the Lake Shootout. We've seen it in the uh, in the, the Motor Super Series, and that, that one Lake Shootout and, uh, that we've seen it there a couple of months ago. I mean, that was brilliant get it in the World Cup and, and it's nearly complete then. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, we didn't talk format just a little bit more. We touched on it a bit earlier about the Dutch having a little bit of a complaint. I don't think it was bitterness, but there was a little bit of like, actually, we haven't played all weekend and then we ran into the fifth seeds straight away in the knockout. The, the seedings and the way it was done, obviously the top four held out of the group stages, a bye straight to the knockout stages and then seeded into the draw but the rest of the seeded teams not effectively seeded, so they're just open draw. So that match at the bottom, Netherlands versus Belgium, in the same part of the draw as Australia. So that actually had the third seeds, the fifth seeds, and the sixth seeds in it. That's just a little bit wrong, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'd love to see the, the the top four seeds being put straight into the group stage. I know you'd, you'd probably have to add another couple of teams in there to, to, to level out the groups. Um, uh, whatever way that they, they, they decide to do it, then and, and I'd like to see them in from the start. I think it'd be intriguing. I think if any of them, if there's a chance that they could have been caught on the hop, and that would have brought a little bit more drama to it. But yeah, like you say, especially with the Australians as well, not being one of the top four seeds after being defending champions as well, I thought it was a little bit harsh on them. Um, but look, again, it's minor. I mean, we've got the big one there with the all pairs tournament, so look, these are just minor. Uh, alterations that may make the tournament better, but I'd love to see the, the top four straight into the group stage. Yeah, well, you, you heard what we were talking about there, the format. Do we yeah, think yeah. BBC will take that on board and embrace it, or is it a case of this is our tournament, you've got your pairs, did like it or lump it? Because that's the standard. I don't know. I think because it's the first one, they may take feedback on board. Yeah. Um, but look, the, the, the good bit is from this, there is no way back to the old format because of how well the weekend went. Say this there's is, no way back to singles no, and pairs. You can make the teams bigger, maybe, and have some sort of combination as a week-long event, but you definitely cannot move away from it. If this weekend had flopped and say it had been disastrous, low averages, then they've got an excuse to go, hang on a minute, we gave you what you wanted, it's been 
shit, viewing's not been great, we're going back. But the fact it was so good means there is no way back, in my yeah. opinion. It has to be. You look at even the sky are lapping it up. Oh, when, when, when the pundits are so outspoken about the changing format being brilliant, you ain't really got a choice because that's what that the pundits' opinion is is largely what shapes the broadcaster's opinion as well. Because if they're like, actually, no, you've got to listen to this. This is superb. The only thing from a working on it point of view, twenty-four games in one day is an awful lot. So, so the next question is then, if we are looking at expanding so that the four seeds aren't automatically through, could we see a week-long World Cup? It's already four days. I know ticket sales weren't great on things like the Thursday, if you look at how empty the bowl was. But if they pick the right arena as well, let, let, let's be honest, the, that's a quite a large arena based on selling Saturday and Sunday. If they pick something slightly smaller but aim to sell every session... Ali Pali is not the biggest venue in the world. You think about the Premier League venues, it's, it's massively down on a lot of them because they know they have to set it out 20 times in yeah. 17 days or whatever it is. Um, I think a week-long tournament, I don't know is the answer. Could you potentially have a Thursday afternoon session? Would that fit it in? I don't know. I think it would just be unbalanced, wouldn't it? Although, we're looking at 48. That's five sessions. They only need three games, don't they? So some would have a double one day. Some would have a double the other day. Two and a one, two and a one, wouldn't it? Yeah, but potentially a Thursday, a Thursday afternoon session could be the way forward. Um, it, it, it's an interesting one. That the, the, I, I don't know. I'm not sure a week long tournament works at the moment. I'm not saying in the future, but if you were asking me next year or even two years, I don't think so. Fair enough. Uh, Joel says, "Where would the other eight teams come from?" I mean, there's a couple of nations that have been involved previously that weren't there. This time around, there was no Brazil. They didn't go to well, their top. I don't think Diego Portela went to the qualifier. They were obviously no. beaten by Guyana. Uh, Greece have played previously. They weren't present. Um, is there a couple of South Asian countries? Um, have Norway played before? I believe so. Uh, trying to think who else I'd put in there. Um, uh, I'm sure someone had a list. No, not him. Yeah. Last time we see Paul Lim at the World Cup, possibly. Yeah. I mean, but, Harris is old enough to be playing seniors darts right now, so. Yeah. Will USA be a contender by the year 2050? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, Big Johnny, look, we've had them before. Whether they can play right now is another issue, but um, Russia have been in before with Boris Koltsov. <coughs> if, if Paul Lynn plays next year, is he, he's 70 next year, I think, isn't he? Yeah. 
that, 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 I don't think that record will ever be beaten. No. I think Warren Parry said that this was going to be his last major. Yeah. Mind you, though, again, how good is Ben Rob potentially? Very good. Real. So good player, yeah. Yeah. Where's it gone? Uh, was there a South American? Not South American, because it was a South American and Caribbean qualifier, but in, and it was Guyana that, that won it. Yeah, Latin America, so. Which was, which was good. Uh, right, whilst Gob's looking for that, we will move on to the seniors. Because it is that time again where the World Seniors Masters rolls around. The original format is back. The only one that still does it. Um, I can't wait. Looking forward to this one. I'm not looking forward to the journey on Friday, but I am looking forward to the tournament. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you've got to go via... Via um, Walpole at rush hour to Somerset on Glastonbury weekend. Yeah. <laughs> it's a 10-hour drive. I've ever seen one. <laughs> Other than that, though, it should be another fantastic weekend. Uh, new venue. Hopefully, we get plenty of people inside. Um, very intriguing lineup. I think the qualifiers are very, very strong once again. When three of them have played before, the one that hasn't played in a seniors TV event so far is Mark McGinney. That that tells you a little something about the quality coming through. Uh, the draws thrown up some really interesting battles once again. I think um, I, I guess once he is here shortly, does he know what time it is? Um, <laughs> is one of those um, against Robert Thornton. Um, it was it was actually interesting to be in Newbury a couple of weeks ago at the the floor event, the Open Series. And seeing Robert Thornton there, seeing Kevin Painter there, seeing Trina Gulliver there, Daryl Fit in there, Mark Dobridge had entered but then couldn't make it last minute. These guys want the tune-up. They want to be playing because they know that actually you cannot just rock up and expect to beat the likes of Richie Houston and, and Colin McGarry because these guys are playing week in, week out to a ridiculous standard. Yeah, and I think that's the strength and depth is growing all the time. We're seeing these with these qualifiers I mean, the seeds are arguably stronger than uh, than uh, the unseeded players are arguably stronger than some of the seeded players there as well. I mean, it's going to be um, interesting because the fields are getting tougher now, and it's going to be even tougher to pick a winner out of who uh, out of the players as, as this weekend and going into future events. And like you said, it's interesting that um, the players of that, that caliber are going along to the the, the open events um, just to get a bit of practice in before the for for the big tournaments come around. Well, yeah, and before we get on to the actual draw itself, Bob Anderson's last competitive TV tournament after a glittering career, bringing the curtain down on his professional career. Yeah, that's going to be an emotional moment. I think it's a bit of a, a stinker of a draw for Bob <clears throat> in that he goes up against Richie Housen, who is playing some sublime darts right now. He didn't have the best weekend in Newbury, just gone. But I still think Richie will ultimately have too much for Bob in that opening match, the way that Richie's made 
two finals in the last two seniors events. Um, it will be emotional. It's the last game on in the evening, in the afternoon session. Um, I, just, I just want that 180 moment. Once, just one more 180. Just the thrill of that finger point. Honestly, like I'd never really seen Bob Anderson play getting into darts as late as I did. One of my first world championship memories is Mark Webster winning the BDO world title for Christ's sake. Like Bob Anderson had, had been and gone and played Satanta Legends League again by then. Nearly. <laughs> um, it's only really been involved with the seniors for the last 18 months that actually you go back and you appreciate some of these moments and just the chill that that moment gave us at the tavern the first time round to then repeat it a whole um, last year in the match play. It would just be amazing in front of a, a relative home crowd uh, for Bob Anderson to, to produce just that one more moment because it would be superb. Yeah, and in, in my opinion, I mean, that, that finger point to the 180 is one of the best moments that's happened uh, since the seniors uh, has begun, begun last year. I mean, Bob Anderson's been playing competitive there since the 70s. I mean, it's been ridiculous how long he's been there. Been around, and I think it's it's great that the, the seniors gives play. I mean, it gives a farewell opportunity to Bob Anderson because, um, the, 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 without it, these these this opportunity wouldn't have come around for a player of his age. I mean, but you, you can't deny the impact that he's had on the sport. I mean, three trying back to back world master, world champion. Um, there's not much that Bob Anderson hasn't won, um, in in, in his pump, or didn't win in his pump. Have we got the horse to say a emotional goodbye, Gob? <laughs> Not quite, I don't think. It would be spectacular to pull it off, but health and safety and whatever nowadays is just an absolute joke. Risk assessing a lot of horse is, is just not happening. Bob has told us he has a new shirt, specifically made for this weekend, and he will not tell anybody anything about it. Surely that... that, that moment of walking the horse has there ever been more of an extravagant or ridiculous walk on ever than that no. there's nothing that tops that or whatever nothing's at people he who must not be named plastic bats and jump out <laughs> a couple of stormtroopers that's about as wacky as it gets but to, to the whole like if you say bob anderson one of the first things you think of is the horse yeah but if anyone getting into that now, if you had, if you try to explain that to someone, they'd be like, "No, that's just absolutely ridiculous. That that, that no such thing happens." Pub and just walked twenty <laughs> yards with it. <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah, look, it's just an amazing career, and one of the nicest men you'll ever meet as well. Uh, that is one of the things I will say about working with seniors as well. Like. I'm relatively young to this sport. Like I just said that. these Bob was doing things in the 90s before I was even born, in the 80s before I was even thought of, right? The reception from the players, nothing is too much for them. Like, they've been there and done that with media all their careers. They just, some of them, you could you could begrudge them for just going, actually, do you know what? I just want to turn up, throw a couple of darts at the end of my career and be happy and walk away with it. And they are still absolutely loving every last request, every last moment. Yeah, I'll have a conversation with you. Yeah, I'll have a chat with you. Like Tony O'Shea, Daryl Fitton, two of the nice guys. I went and had an interview with them in a Weatherspoons at the Trafford Centre. And it was one of the best sit-downs I've ever had. I took my brother with me, right, to, to do that interview. It was just someone to go with me in the car. 
He then appeared at the tavern for one day for one of the sessions, and Tony remembered his name straight away. Yeah, exactly that. One encounter. Hello, mate. How you doing? I was like, how and why? The, like, I think it just normalizes these people so much. People that you see on TV that you grow up watching, you grow up almost idolizing a, a lot of them, and actually they are just so down to earth, humble people that just enjoy a game of darts. Ultimately, still as the main part of their career is over, but they're still loving putting on a show, putting on the entertainment and, and competing still as well. There is still that element. You never lose a competitive edge. It once is no. always a sportsman. You can't just walk away from it. There's still that yeah. core for absolutely everybody. And any, and any sportsman that says, no, I don't miss it. It's an absolute liar. Yeah. So look at the draw. Cameron, number one seed. Adam um, Thornton, number two. Uh, Leonard Gates, three. Phil Taylor, four. Are your top four seeds for this event? Interesting. Look, Phil's starting to slip. And look, we know he's got to have that hip operation. Once that is successful and done, he's got to put some effort in because he's falling behind. And look, what Phil has achieved in the game is unquestionable and you can't answer that. But he wants to win one of these. And the longer it goes on, the more questions will be asked. Yeah, yeah. In my, uh, yeah I agree. I think it's now or never in terms... I mean, we, we, we spoke a couple of minutes ago about the standard and how ridiculous it's getting um, in terms of the players putting in that extra effort. I mean, we, we, we see the players in the, in the Super Series. We see the players going to the Open Series now. All the, a lot of these players are playing very, very regular now. And unless you're getting that uh, match um, practice and... Uh, and that regular competitive edge uh, um, and, and putting in the hours, there's no chance of winning one of these. You have to be at the top. You have to be at the top of your game and, and practicing regularly and getting that, that, that matches under your belt because other than that, it's going to be very, very tricky. Yeah, look, top of the draw, David Cameron taking on Neil Duff. And I think the defending champion is in a world of trouble in round one. Yeah, he's in for a tough one, certainly. Yeah, I just think I, I look at the moment that I think Neil's playing better than David Cameron right now. That David didn't qualify for the events in New York, was was beaten in the qualifiers, and Neil showed some real grit when he won his week at the Super Series. So I I, I think that that Neil's Neil's in a good place. I think so. With that, with that Super Series win, that, that's almost one of them little monkeys off his back, isn't it, now? He's, he's played in the Six Nations the weekend, just gone in, in the Northern Ireland team that made it all the way to the final. Um, I think he's building into these seniors' events. We, I don't think we've seen the best from him. He's had a couple of tough draws to, on Lisa round one at the, um, at the World Championship. That's not easy to get into. Uh, was part of the... Uh, qualifiers at Blackpool didn't manage to pick that up, but actually won one of the floor events that weekend as well in the same building. He is building nicely, and he's just got to keep turning up and performing consistently. Yeah. Um, I know, Gob, it's a difficult one for you to say, so we'll, we'll leave you out this one because you work on it, but I'm going Duff. Are you going for him? Yeah, I'm going to go with Duff. I think we're like we've said, what we said in the, the, the Super Series the last couple of weeks, he's, he seems to be getting, building up a Bit of momentum now. We're probably coming into a good bit of form at the right time. 
Uh, and I think Doff, Doff beats Cameron in this one. Uh, Bob Anderson against Richie Halson that we've spoken about. Bob's retirement. Sadly, I think this is a bridge too far. I just think Halson is too consistent. And the levels at the moment that Richie Halson is playing at a completely different level to, to Bob Anderson. Yeah, and Richie Housen's been, been one of the standout names since uh, the, the seniors tour has come about. I think he will have too much. I think it's great that Bob uh, gets his farewell from, from darts. Um, but yeah, uh, it's a, it's be a straightforward um, game, that one, in my opinion, for Richie. Phil Taylor, Mark McGinney, intriguing. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's a tough draw first round. I think there's, there's plenty of other players that that the Phil would have picked before picking Pat McGinney, I can tell you that for sure. Yeah, I, well, I think I could, I could tell you this. Mark was meant to do an interview uh, start of the week with him out there. Uh, it didn't go ahead, unfortunately, but he, he was basically giving me the line that he wanted to give someone in Newbury last weekend. He was saying, I'm sorry, Phil, you are my hero, but I have to beat you. Yeah. yeah. And I just wonder, I mean, you said mentioned about the hero thing. Is it, could that come into play a little bit? I mean, we've seen, we've seen, uh, like, is the all, I mean, it's a different game when you get up on that stage. I mean, McGinney has, has bundles of experience as well, but just being on the stage, throwing next year hero, do, will that play a, a part maybe in the match? I know McGinney's been, like I said, he's been around a long time. He has the experience of playing PDC, BDO, World Final and that. Um, but yeah, certainly going to be a tricky one for Phil. Yeah. Um, I, I think McGinney beats him. I really do. Yeah, and look, I hate to write off Phil because I know in one of these is it going to come back to bite us completely because <laughs> he's going to be ridiculous in one of them, I'm sure. But yeah, I reckon I reckon McGinney might edge uh, Phil as well. Uh, Wolfie against Dennis Harbour. Again, another intriguing one. And it's going to be played at quite a methodical pace, this one. Neither of them... A, a speed merchants, shall we say? So this one, this one could be for the purest. Yeah, well, I'm never going to back against Wolfie in any match until yeah. he, uh, even if he has two darts gone into that, it's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen much of him lately, so I don't know what kind of form or uh, any injuries are affecting him at the moment. I know he's had problems with them the last year or so, and. I don't know what what kind of um, injury if he's, if he's injury free. Uh, they both played Deck County Darts with Cambridgeshire over the years. I'm sure. Am I wrong? Yeah. So they will know each other very very well. Uh, look, I mean, if 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 Wolfie turns up, I expect him to beat Dennis, but it won't be an easy game, and it will be uh, one of the slower games that we'll see over the first round. Yeah, I, I think I think Wolfie's experience on TV or. Or get him through, but it'll be it'll be it'll be tough. But I'm going Wolfie as well. Um, Robert Thornton, Colin McGarry. Um, this is an interesting one because on the floor, McGarry has been sensational, but maybe just maybe he tries a little bit too hard on TV and forces it, and it's not there. And again, like I mean, this is another ridiculous first round tie as well. And we've seen this uh, with the, the the quality of these undeceded players coming into the tournament. How how the matchups that we, we, we've been treated to as well. 
And I look, I mean, I've, I've learned my lesson a little bit before. We're back against Robert Fortin in these, these seniors' events because I've done it before and he's come back and completely just uh, obliterated the field in front of him. I I find it hard to back against Robert because of his experience, not only on the on the senior stage. Look, he's won titles before and uh, he's won titles in the PDC, big titles on the stage as well. So I think I think Fortin might just edge this one, um, even though I think it'll be a great game. I think it'll be an unbelievable game, but it's like you say, it's almost right Robert Thornton off at your peril. But what I will say is if you are going to get him, it will be early. Yeah. And this might be Collins' one chance to, to get into the tournament here that if this is the one, he'll get him here, I think. Yeah, I mean, once he gets any bit of momentum going through... Uh, some of these tournaments, he seems impossible to stop. He gets the bit between his teeth um, and, and he seems kind of uh, like he, he's determined to win the title. So like you said, I think if Martin is to be got out, he has to be got out early. One thing I will say is this is my pick for the match of the first round. Uh, backed Magini an awful lot against Phil Taylor in the World Championship. I thought he'd catch him cold. And like you said, Phil, I think he ever thought that a little bit. Since yeah. then, he's still number one on the order of merit. He missed the last weekend in Newbury, opted not to play. He's just played for Northern Ireland at the Six Nations. Um, he is absolutely mopping up the ADC event in Northern Ireland at the moment. He has been superb in that as well. If he settles and plays the way that he does on the floor, this will be an absolute belt of a match. Yeah. I'm just going to resend you the link, Bob, just to make sure. It is the same one. I've got it. But... Yeah, I was just making sure that was all. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have John Part against Kevin Painter. And I'm not going to lie, if you'd have asked me to preview this game 10 days ago, I'd have given John Part a bit of a chance. However, Kevin Painter seemed to find something in those Open Series events in, in Newbury. We saw the bigger averages come back from him and maybe that holiday that rest has just given him ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi mm. hello fresh Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. That, that lift he needed. Yeah, I agree. I think match practice with Santa campaign to here. Um, like, I mean, he, he seemed, I think he has to go in as the favourite here. I'm not sure how much of a chance I give John Parton this one. Um, just because, I mean, I don't know how regular match practice, how much regular match practice he actually gets in. 
Um, so I I think this will be fairly straightforward for Painter, uh, and I think he gets the job done in that one. Yeah, I agree. Very good at Newbury on day two last week. That's, that's, that's what we just said. That if you'd have said me 10 days ago, I'd have said that I think this could be a, a real scrap, but I don't think it will be now. That final against Thornton over 11 legs is one of the best games I've ever refereed. Yeah. Um, and, and again, if, 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 if Painter brings that kind of form into the tournament, he could be dangerous. And as if by magic. Yes, and here. <laughs> The chief is yeah, here. Mr. Mr. Colin McGarry joins us. How are we doing, buddy? Yeah, it took a bit of time there when we got there. Being <laughs> using technology, mate. We're used to it by now. <laughs> Myself and TV, I'm allergic to it. <laughs> uh, first of all, mate, looking forward to, to Yeovil this weekend. Sorry? Looking forward to Yeovil this weekend? I get a goal here. Just, it's hard to... I mean, better doing this on my computer. Like, I said, hey, um, you, are you looking forward to, to getting underway this weekend? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, Saturday night, you know, primetime TV. Who wouldn't want to be on there? I'm playing number two seed, obviously. And a tough match for myself, you know, and hopefully be a tough match for him, too. Go on, go. Does seeing Thornton rock up in your den effectively last weekend and pick up a title, does that does that get the bit between your teeth a little bit? No. And well, obviously I wasn't there and he probably wouldn't have won it if I was. <laughs> <laughs> no, what are you joking? Uh, a lot of respect for Rob, like, you know, but uh, fair play to him. He went over there. Our tour's not easy by any means. It's really tough and I've been very more consistent than winning titles, one title, but I'm always there or thereabouts, and it's uh, put a lot of work into it, and there's a lot of travelling too as well, so I'm happy being number one, and you know, so, and all the things that come with it, so it puts a bit of pressure onto you when you go, obviously, in the TV events, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I remember the, the first time you qualified or, or we spoke, you won the, f the very first flyer event on a Friday night, didn't you? The World Championship qualifier about 18 months ago. And you were like, oh, I got up at four o'clock this morning to get the ferry over. The travelling that you've been doing just to maintain that position has, has been quite underestimated. Yeah, seniors, yeah well, yeah, I do it every time. I, I'm on the ferry at, on Friday at eight o'clock, over there at 10, drive down to Yeovil, probably there about six. So I'm probably the same. Uh, you know, it's a lot of traveling, but I just think, oh, I like, I hate going to airports and I'm not a great flyer. And it says, I like driving, so I'll drive. Like, so it's uh, put a lot of work into it, obviously, too, with the traveling as well. But it's, uh, I've set my sights and everything. And all darts I've played and I've done 99% of what I wanted to do. So, quite lovely. Your third TV World Seniors appearance now, the match play last year, the World Championships this year, and then the Masters this time, running to fill it, the World Championships. Yes, uh, yes, yeah. yeah, obviously looking forward to July too, July as well, to qualify for the match play, because the match play, I played in it last year. Uh, 
the end of July, yes, and, and I'm still, I didn't go to, uh, I'm sort of raking the boys, I didn't go to Newby and give you a chance. Um, they're still behind me, so if I have a half-decent weekend in uh, Reading again at the end of July, uh, who knows, I, I might be at the match play again. Well, I will be if I have a good weekend, so nobody betters me, obviously, but uh, the competition's the competition's fantastic. The seniors tour, and um, I can still mix it a bit with even the young boys as well. Like at the minute, uh, we were playing, uh, we were playing uh, Six Nations at the weekend, which was very, very good. And obviously, Hall, very strong team, beat us in the final. We beat them in the the the, the in the league position. We beat them thirteen ten. They beat us in the final. Northern Ireland thirteen ten in the final. We had a great match against the Republic in the semi. You know, also, great bunch of lads. Everybody, you know, credit the NADO for running the competition. It was fantastic. And yeah, good I mean, practice, obviously, for this week. You've basically just robbed my next couple of questions about playing for Northern Ireland over the weekend. How <laughs> was an experience? And is it a little bit gutting when you beat the Dutch in the group and then the results flipped in that final? Yeah, we beat the Dutch in the group. We needed to beat them in the group to go through, either first or second. And then we had this here, uh, <laughs> we had this here playoff between the Dutch and us. Five members went up and you had three darts each high score to see who was going to play England or play the Republic. And the scoring wasn't really very good. <laughs> they tried to keep as low as they could and we tried to keep as low as we could. But it was gamemanship on both sides. But at the end of the day, yeah. We, we didn't. We finished runner-up in the group because the Dutch beat us by nine points or something and 160 summer for five throws. So, but no, it was good crack. Um, played in the best of spirits, the whole lot. Some matches get pretty deadly when you're playing for your company and you're doing a bit of shouting out loud. But at the end of the day, it's uh, darts prevails again. Like So, that was great. Great, great atmosphere. Do you approach playing for your country and, and playing in that team that little bit differently to how you may be approaching this weekend? Is there a different way you approach it? You've got someone to fall back on, maybe, or is it just get out there and throw darts the same way as always? I'm more aggressive playing for my country, so it would be it'd be more get shouting, uh, boom baby, and, and you know <laughs> everybody. The team, the, the manager tells me to get get the, that gets the boys going, so. I'm the old man on the team, like, but I need some of the younger fellas to take over me before long because uh, we'll see retirement coming up shortly for I mean, national darts, I think. Are we going to see that little bit more of an aggressive chief at the Masters this weekend? Because that was something that I, obviously I go to all the floor events, I've noticed how animated you can be, the boom baby when you do get over the line in the, the tense little quarterfinals. That's perhaps something that was missing that little bit against Phil at the, at the World Championship. Well, against Phil, I, I, I felt I didn't, I didn't, uh, I didn't get myself ready properly. It was too early in the venue. I was, I practiced too much. Uh, not, not the way I normally do. I normally, uh, my whole setup was totally wrong. Not to say that if I had set up properly, I would have beat Phil by any means. But I didn't play my normal game of what I have been playing. And I just want to right the wrongs, hopefully against uh, Robert at the weekend. And I will be... It's all a learning process again. I've done it years ago and all these things on TV. And now, being away for long, I'm just... 
I know what I'm sort of doing, except for the last time. It doesn't make sense, but uh, I was too early at the venue anyway, and uh, that's not me. Two, two hours, two and a half hours before practice, half an hour here and 10 minutes here, five minutes there, and then get ready to go. A question was, if he, well, you, you don't like to make a fool out of yourself, Shane, and uh, yee-haw and booming whenever you hit 60 like. So I have to be performing well to get myself into that there mood. Um, hopefully I will. Perfect. Um, away from the seniors at the moment, I'm, I'm playing for Northern Ireland. You've been absolutely smashing up the ADC scene in Northern Ireland, newly over there, the vault system. I see your name popping up. It feels like every other week at the minute. How good is it to be getting that regular match practice in and in, in a system like that? It's, it's absolutely fantastic. A young friend of mine, John O'Toole, has, I actually sent the emails away to, to start to organise this here because it's, it's getting quite big and everything about it's fantastic but the way it looks. So I forward the emails on and then I looked at all this computer work doesn't stop me but anyway, so I handed the reins over to a younger fellow who is very, very good. John, John's a great lad. I help him run them. But he does all the computer work. So, but the ABC here, yeah, playing really well, playing really well in it, and uh, doing averages, yeah, that's okay. You know. But I'm winning. That's the main thing. Uh, unfortunately, the last one's that's Thursday night, but I'm not be going. To, I've only missed two because what the, the two I missed is because of the seniors, because uh, I'm going away on the Friday. But uh, and I was only I won the rest except for one. I was beating the semi final or whatever it was. So. The boys have sent them a text to tell them it wasn't going and they were quite happy about it. <laughs> they took my name off the list and they were happy about it. So that's when I'm away travelling early on uh, Friday morning, get down the night before in Yeovil and uh, see what happens. Have a look at the venue and then go back to the hotel and come back two hours or three hours before it starts. Do you, do you, do you feel like you're uh, you're coming into form at the right time, Colin, now ahead of the weekend? Do you reckon you're, you're in a good space and ready... Uh, mentally, mentally, I, 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 I always feel good about my game. You know, it, you know, I just know now how to. I'm going to prepare for it, and I'm ready for it. And it's, it's hard to practice here at nights for this heat and heat over here. Northern is like the Costa del Sol at the minute. Um, it's uh, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to practice when the sweat's running down your forehead and down your back, but. Uh, managed to get half an hour in there now, and uh, and I'll get another fifteen twenty minutes here before um Thursday night. will be my last night, and I'll prepare. And like, just uh, I'm not a great person for. It never really done good to me to go ask somebody to come up to my house or I go and practice with them because uh, I'd rather do it myself. I know what way I practice. I know what way I want to practice. And when you're playing, I can concentrate. Brennan Dolan told me a great tip. He says, when you're practicing, practice as if you're playing. Match starts, finish. Play your, always finish off and finishes from 90 to 110. And three darts, you know, just practice, finish, and finish up. But he always said to me, and it was a great tip. Just practice like you mean that you're beating something, ever means something to you. And uh, I just play games and play a couple of funny wee nicky things, like, you know, but We'll see what happens. Uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it indeed, yeah. I like being on the stage. I've always has been, always have been that way. Um, we'll see what happens. If I win, I win. And if I don't, I don't, obviously. 
it'll not change my life. If I even win the competition, or even if I want to win it, it wouldn't change it. I'll be going to work on Tuesday morning, the same as what I would be doing, whether I lost or not. So, you know, uh, I'm better off with an invite to the match play, but you'll be going to work Tuesday morning regardless. Well, I might, I might take an extra day off of one of the match play. I don't know, but <laughs> we're really busy, really busy on work. I'm a state manager of a building firm, and I'm really, we're really busy, and I, and I appreciate my, I appreciate Samson Developments giving me the time off, you know, to go to these things at the minute. Um, I still have to catch up what I missed out when I'm away, so. Uh, it's a quite a, a intensive job to be doing, but I still can get my darts in with, and I'm, I'm enjoy it. I enjoy the darts, like you know. So as long as I enjoy them, I'll keep at it. And if it, if it begins to get a burden on me, I'll be hanging up the head headrest, like you know. A couple more before we let you go. Um, first of all, you've probably answered this question a million and one times already. But are we going to see you in the Moda Super Series anytime soon? Yeah. I will be going. I will be going if uh, my manager knows. Well, obviously I'm invited. I have to get invited for start, like you know. But I, I'm definitely going to go to. As uh, I say, it, it all depends. It's a long time, and I've been obviously speaking to a couple of players over our way, uh, Chris Gillian and Neil Duff, about what what goes on at it. So uh, preparing yourself mentally for it, yes, because it's a tough. It's, it's a tough week as well and depends who goes it's, it could be even tougher week like you know but it's uh no i would look forward to it i'm definitely going to i'm going to give it a blast before the end of the year anyway so and, and one more from us before we do let you go what does the future hold for colin mcgarry i mean you, you've said the dreaded retirement word to me a couple of times it's in the last couple of meetings like where do you see yourself for the for the back end of the year and beyond Honestly, uh, uh, I would say probably. I'm thinking about actually going to tour school. I don't know. Uh, maybe just. I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, senior, the seniors might be deja vu. That might be it this year. Uh, it's probably looking like that because I'm not going to Newbury. The two competitions in Newbury. Uh, but obviously, obviously, it could reach uh, it would affect on the table amount, obviously, because it'll be overtaken big time by then. Uh, but I would probably say I would go to the qualifiers, like in the seniors, rather than go to all the ones in between, if that was the case. But being, you know, obviously, Jack, you're, you're a great man at them darts and you do a fantastic job. Uh, you should be putting a word in for me because I've been number one for a long time. Maybe I will get an invite. I'm working on it, mate. I'm working on it. You know, you know. I'm, I'm fighting for the right team here, mate. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard to you know what it's like to stay up there, and I've been there a long time. You know, and sometimes it gets a bit. I get a bit disillusioned with it, but I keep on plodding on and let the powers to be sort that out, and uh, I'll not say too much more about it. Perfect. Well, hopefully, mate, I'll see you in a few days' time. Thank you very much for coming on this evening. Safe journey on. Friday morning. I think you might just about beat me down there after I go and collect Lee Boys via Warsaw. We might race each other down the M6 or something. Uh, but all the best, mate. We will see you on Saturday on TV. Right. Cheers. All the best. Thanks very much. Cheers, Colin. Thank you very much. All buddy. the best. Thank you. All right. There we go, folks. Colin McGarry ahead of the World Seniors Masters this weekend.
Nice refreshing that. Enjoyed that. Really good. Really easy to talk to our fan colony. Just so. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. Um, right, back to the draw. We'll be back to talk about Leonard Gates and Mark Dudbridge. This could be over in the blink of an eye because these will both just rattle through these legs. Yeah, again, like, I mean, this is not a ridiculous, uh, ridiculous tie in the first round. Um, I see Mark Dudbridge's video the other day. He was uh, relaxing abroad. Um, before before this one, and we look, we've seen uh, Leonard Gates, uh, the, what he's the, the the standard he's shown in these last couple of seniors events. We seen him at the World Cup last weekend. I know he they didn't quite get through team the, the team uh, USA, but uh, I, I mean this is a flip of a coin in my opinion. I think Dobridge is getting better in these events. I think um, he could make a run in one of them. Um, I think maybe Gates is just a slight favourite because of what he's shown in the in the in the previous seniors events. Um, so for me, I think he might just edge it over Dubbridge. But yeah, again, another blockbuster game in the first round. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to this one. And then last one in the opener, Trina Gulliver taking on Chris Mason. I'm just a commentator. Yeah, all right, Mace. Um, count how many times I've heard him give me that line. I mean, Saturday at Newbury, his doubling was was nowhere to be seen, and he'll, he'll admit that straight up. Sunday, he played a lot better, was beaten by a very good Richard Eirig, uh in the court in the last 16, I think it was, after two solid wins. Mace is still capable. Very, very capable. 100%. And and look, I think Trina is going to be. I mean, we saw her in the the golden ticket event. It was against Adams. She pushed him all the way in that that event, and and she, I know it'll be remembered for her being presented with the the world championship trophy. But I mean, she Trina is still well capable of playing well. Um, has all the experience in the world of being on a big stage. Um, so I think this could be this could be a good match as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, how are we doing, Will? Hope you are good, buddy. Um, right, we've got the draw bracket in front of us. Chat room, come and get involved as well. I would like your winner and your runner-up of the Jennings Bet World Seniors Masters. This this is getting a little bit tricky. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, something said. I mean, Neil Neil Doff out of that top half of the draw, but I mean, he has to come through Cameron potentially House and and then maybe a Taylor or an Adams just to get to the final, which is just an absolutely ridiculous draw. I mean, if he manages to win that, I mean, fair play to him because I mean, he's come through some names. Um, I think the bottom half is a little bit more clear cut, in my opinion, it probably between Gates and Robert Thornton, and who comes out of that bottom half, in my opinion. Um, I'm going to go with... McGinney as well is a good shout. I, th- I think maybe Neil Doff to play Leonard Gates in the final. 
Oh, it's not a bad shout, to be fair. I was looking at Duff from the top half as well, for some reason. It's a real, it's a real intriguing one. Um, I'm going to go. Thornton to edge out Duff in the final. And can I just say, and I know you, I don't, you might agree with me here, Phil. I wouldn't be surprised if both of them, the Gates or Duff, went out in the first round as well. This is how competitive this field is, and and I would, I, I think you'd agree with Duff or with Cameron and, and McGarry uh, beating being too uh, being victorious in the first round as well. Like I mean, if that happens, I wouldn't be shocked either. I know. Look, Neil Duff's got a real tough opener against David Cameron. Let's have that one done right. That one right first of all. But I just think there was something about Duff that I really liked when he played at, at the Super Series last time out. I just thought something seemed to have clicked within his game again. Yeah, I agree. I think that's where my confidence in Duff has come as well. I suppose he played the weekend as well. Um, he's had that match practice. I mean, winning titles isn't easy at, at any level. I mean, especially the the, the the quality we see in some of these weeks in the Super Series as well. Um, so I think he could go on a bit of a run if he manages to get off David Cameron in that first match. And then potentially Richie Housen, like we said, uh, in the second round. It's not going to be easy. Yeah, I'm just going to put some of the ones up on the screen, what people are thinking. Absolutely, we will all do that one, that is for sure. There is that one. So, I'm just going to... That one there. uh, No, it's not going to happen, Tommy. It's not through the seniors not wanting him. It's just not going to be. It's just not going no, to happen. I have given plenty of needle via various social media accounts yeah. to Wayne to get him to play. But he's yeah. just not right to. But he doesn't want to compete, and you have yeah. to respect that. Wayne is very happy in the lane that he's currently in. He's doing his coaching, he's still entertaining, he's still fantastic in exhibition. So if you get the chance to see him, go and do that. But the pressure of competing is not something Waymar wants in his life right now, and, and I completely respect that. Yeah. Um, whilst we have been on air, there has been some breaking news from the PDC. Again, I've known this for a while, but now it's released so we can talk about it. They have um, released the names of the eight that were going to go down under for the two World Series events in Australia and New Zealand. So the eight PDC representatives will be Michael Smith, Peter Wright, Gerwin Price, Rob Cross, Johnny Clayton, Danny Noppert, Nathan Aspinall, Dimitri Vandenberg will play in both of them. Now, from the Oceanic region in New Zealand, we're going to get Damon Hetter, Simon Whitlock, Ben Robb, Hope I Puhau, and then there will be two qualifiers and the top-ranked player on the DPNZ Order of Merit on the 2nd of July. And then, again, the same eight in Australia, but they will be joined by uh, Hetter and Whitlock, Mel Cummings, Darren Penhall, uh, Dave Marland, and, uh, again, a couple of qualifiers to come through that. First of all, boys, there is a big admission from this. 
and the fact that Corey Cadby has not been selected, even though he has a tour card, that is quite telling for me. Yeah, I guess there's serious concerns about if he's going to make the most of that tour card. If he played just once this year, then I could sit here and say, actually, he's quite aggrieved to, to not be participating. Um, the lack of his inclusion is a little bit worrying, especially now that we know that Christian Perez's visa issues are resolved. He is moments away from rejoining the PDC and, and playing week in, week out on the Pro Tour, etc. Uh, but yeah, the absence of Corey Cadby, despite being a tour card holder in that region. Correct. That's what surprising. And again, someone in the chat room, I've just asked um, one of the boys at the PDC if they know the answer. And well, I'm just waiting for a reply. But I can't remember a tour card holder being left out of their own region when they're on the, on the World Series. I, I can't remember one. A lot of regions have never had tour card holders, you think about. That's what I mean. But the one when we were there when we were in Las Vegas, not really. It's only really been down under, and it's always been. It's Whitlock. never even really about leaving out. It's been about is Whitlock part of the PDC eight or is he part of the Australia eight? It's always been that debate. Yeah. But Do we sneak like... in that side and put more Australians in? And um, um, this this was the most obvious event that we would have seen him at, yeah. regardless of whether he had a tour card or not. And the fact that he's not at it. I would have serious doubts whether we're going to see him at all this year because, I mean, I mean we're, we're in June now. We're nearly in July, um, and we haven't – there's not even been murmurs of, of whether it's going to be sorted or not in terms of the, the visa, let alone whether he was going to be playing in this tournament alone. So it doesn't look good at the moment. Um, but it would be good to have some kind of a clarification whether what was happening with the tour card and that because I know with Paris now we know what's going on. It took a little bit of time, but – uh, we understand what's going on with that situation there, but we're a little bit in the dark over Cadby's situation at the moment. Yeah, and obviously no MBG down under. He is having the summer off because his kids are at that age now where they have school holidays and he wants to spend some time with his family during the summer holidays. And look, he's travelled for the best part of a decade doing it, so you can't begrudge him that one at all. Minus injury, Marco Van Gerwen has been here, there and everywhere for the PDC for the last 15 years. They're not going to give him a summer off because he doesn't want to play in an invitation event. After spending the last three years telling everybody now the calendar is getting busy, they can pick and choose what they want to play in and whatever will be, will be. There's a little bit something wrong there. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, <laughs> so that, 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 that's broke while we were on air. Also, we're going to go back to it. On Friday evening, Balan Sherrick received an MBE in the in the King's Birthday Honours list, boys. Now, how funny was people losing their shit on social media about Fallon getting honoured? I'm not sure funny is the word I go. It's a little bit depressing, I think, that actually there is still that backlash and annoyance and lack of complete lack of understanding because there's going to be people in the chat that completely disagree with me right now as well yes there are more successful female dark players in the history of the sport yes there are players that are playing better than Fallon Cherokee is right now but it isn't about level of success it's about level of impact that's what services to darts is in that context services to darts is the impact that Fallon Cherokee has had on the sport of darts and in the last 
four to five years since she beat Mentor Sul- at Televitz and then Mentor Sulovic and has gone on to make a Grand Slam quarterfinal, make a World Series fun ranking event, win, win, win in the PDC Women's World Match Play as well, all at the same time. Yes, there's been a lot of media pressure. Yes, Sky have pushed her a lot more than anybody else. And, and whatever else you want to associate with that, the impact of that one game at the World Championship is bigger than any World Championship any other female has ever won in the sport. 100%. And, and that's not being disrespectful to anybody else that's played it. Lisa Ashton is a fantastic world champion. Nakura Suzuki, a fantastic world champion. Bo Greaves, the current WF world champion, is a fantastic dart player. Arguably one of the, arguably the best in the world right now, without argument, given the way she's dominating the women's series, which everybody is playing in. She's been to the Six Nations this weekend and, and mopped up for Team England again, right? That None of that is up for debate here or questionable. The impact of that one game that Fallon Sherratt won was felt worldwide. When Billie Jean King is tweeting you to say congratulations after she was the initial player to play in Battle of the Sexes in tennis, a man versus a woman, to go through that in a different sport, the impact that that has globally and worldwide, right? People in darts can tell you who Lisa Ashton, Bo Greaves and Makura Suzuki are. People in America that have never watched darts in their lives can tell you who Fallon Sherratt is. That's why she's got an MBE. Yeah, oh, completely. And like you say, it's the reach that that one win had that she got darts into places that no other player has ever got darts into before. When darts is on the front page of the New York Times, that's like, wow, Phil Taylor didn't do that. Michael, Michael Van Gerwen didn't do that. Yeah, and I, I I actually don't think the impact of what she's done will even... I don't think... But, People don't recognise the, the the impact that she's had, and, and maybe won't for another couple of years or whatever it takes. But she has absolutely transcended uh, darts, women's darts. I mean, she she what she has done has just been absolutely phenomenal. Um, I I agree with what you said there. I mean, people have won more than, than her in the women's game, and and, and Bo is arguably a better player than her at this moment in time. But her achievements in a male-dominated sport. I mean, she, when she was in the, the PDC World Championship, winning that game um, was just absolutely groundbreaking. It was absolutely phenomenal what she's done. Uh, and I think it's it's great that she has been recognised because, I mean, uh, sometimes maybe that, that some darts players don't get the recognition they deserve. And I think that what she's done has just been absolutely phenomenal. And it's good to see and that, she, that her achievements have been recognised uh, and what she's done for, for darts in, in general. Yeah, and this is the one that makes me laugh. It was like people genuinely thinking that the PDC had manufactured this. It was like, don't tell you, no one has that reach to influence the King's Birthday Honours list. No sporting organisation has that influence or, or anything like that. But look, it, I, for the sport, it's huge. It, it really is. It's a huge moment for the sport to be recognised. Forget who it is. The fact that darts was recognised is the important thing. Because you think about when it has been recognised previously. Bobby George. Bobby? Eric. John. Trina. Trina. That's it. Ollie Croft. Ollie Croft. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was that one. Uh, the Super Series this week also um, as well. Congratulations to Barry Van Peer that scrapped his way 
to, to the win. Like, he wasn't at his brilliant best. That that is for sure. But he found a way to win. Yeah, I think that, that pretty much sums it up quite nicely. Finals night was a really intriguing battle. At one point, Scott Taylor looked to be struggling. He ground out a couple of wins. Second game, he was absolutely superb. Um, but uh, you can take absolutely nothing away from Barry Van Pee. He was not at his best. He will tell you that. He said he's been struggling with practice in his arm in a little bit. Um, but when it mattered most, he was brilliant in that final. And there's a reason that he's in the conversation for the best non-tour card holder in the world right now. I, I think it's a three-horse attack. I think for me, you've got Barry Van Peer, Andy Bartons, and Andy Bolton. I can't look past one of those three for for that honour at the moment. Um, Andy Bolton today was sensational. Well, he, he wasn't, and he was. He made a mid nineties average look bang average all day. <laughs> like, yeah. like there was just he was going to plod along, and at amateur level, which is effectively where Andy Bolton finds himself at the moment, it's just madness. Yeah, I mean, um, and in, in my opinion, Andy Bolton could easily still have a torque out. I mean, I think he has the capabilities when he's on it. I mean, we've seen him beat players over the years on the pro tours. On the pro when when he just he is a very very good player and I've I've, I've watched him in the Super Series before and, and like you said he makes nineties averages look simple I mean and it, and it looks ordinary from him when he does it um and he will certainly be he'll be very tough to beat yeah absolutely um on the women's game as well we have the race for the women's match play concluding in Hilda's it is Hilda's time in that yes um as the final weekend of ranking action for that race goes ahead. And right now, look, Bo Greaves, Makuru Suzuki, Rihanna Sullivan, uh, Robin Byrne, Fallon Sherrick, Lisa Ashton, Eileen DeGraff, and Lorraine Wynne-Stanley are the top eight. But there are players poised and ready to strike. Yeah, just looking through the list here, Katie Sheldon is going to be someone who could get in. Was she too? She's Laura Turner's below Kirsty Hutchinson. No, Ellen Van Leuden is just outside. So, out of that race, do we think that eight gets in, or is someone going to gate crash the party? What are we saying? That room as well. What what are you saying? Who gets in? That's annoying. Ah, no, there is. So four events. What did you pick up? Put a grand there. May get her in. I'm just still just looking at who picked up what last time out. Kirsty Hutchinson had a really productive weekend in the in the last block. She picked up a thousand pounds on her ranking. If she does that again, that may get her in. I mean, the question is how many of these is Bowl not gonna win? Um 
Awesome. Didn't she go titleless? No, she won one, didn't she? In the first one. She won the first one. Um, I'd be surprised if more than one in that list missed out, considering that Aileen DeGraff is sat at seven. I don't see her missing out. I think she's too good. And then it just depends on Lorraine when Stanley, I think, in eighth spot. I think that was the only... I think I don't think there'd be more than one change from that list, in my opinion. I think only seven and eight could be caught. I think Lisa's safe in six. Yeah, I think for those two, plus an outsider to jump Lisa is quite a big outlet. I know it's two grand to the winner. Yeah. Runner-up. I think unless one of nine to 16 is runner-up in the very first event, you're not going to see a great deal of movement. No. Sheldon, Sheldon, Turner, Hutchinson, Holden, Zilstra, Steenbergen, Vina Kynan. I mean, outside of that, Trina Gulliver, Dieter Hedman, it'll be interesting if Dieter travels. Yeah. Corin Hammond. Corin had a really good weekend last time out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Look, I'm, I'm looking forward to the conclusion of the race for the match play, and we will know the seedings after that as well. Um, speaking to the PDC boys over um, in... Germany at the weekend. Ticket sales for that Sunday afternoon session are going extremely well as well. They've already sold considerably more now than last year, which is great. Good. Um, yeah. I think people have realised that actually that's a little bit more viable. Last year, first time, put it on TV. What are we going to get from this? Since then, obviously, we've seen the explosion from Bo. We've seen, we know what Lisa's capable of. We know what Fallon's capable of. We're seeing Makura that little bit more in, in steel tip darts. She's made the journey that little bit more frequently now to play in women's series events. The, the standard of that event and the standard around it as well. It's not just these are the eight that will be there guaranteed. It's, it's up for discussion all the time at the moment. Here's one for you. I don't know if she can, whether circumstances allow or whatever, but if you're Makuru and you've travelled out or you're in Europe, do you then just stay in Europe? Because the women's world match play isn't that far away. It's a long time to stay though, isn't it? It's also get some good practice in as well. I don't know if her circumstances allow her to do it, but I'm just, is that, would that be a, a, an option? I mean, I know of a place where she could get plenty of match practice in. I don't think she's on the list. That <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, Excalibur, yeah, completely forgot. Yeah, Jim Long was sensational last week at the Super Series as well. Real talented player. He Jim was Long. very, very good in Newbury the week before as well on the Saturday, picking up that event. Uh, beaten by good Kevin Painter, I think, on the Sunday. Off the top of my head. Um, Absolute gentleman, though. Absolute. Like, chatting away to people. Yeah, brilliant. This is superb. I mean, got a taxi from... Americans in taxis are mad. Or, or North Americans in taxis. David Cameron got a taxi from Lakeside to Reading to play in the qualifier last year. <laughs> Jim Long's just booked an Uber. To where, Jim? To Portsmouth. I'm playing... Portsmouth, by the way. I'm uh, playing there tomorrow in the Super Series. Jim, what are you doing? 
<laughs> yeah, just um, just sensational. Also, a week in dark. Look, I didn't see any of it. I saw some of the results on on social, obviously where we were at the World Cup. But the home nations took place. Um, England won the women's. The Dutch won the men's. Yes. I don't have it up in front of me. Yes. Um, yeah, England ladies beat Scotland ladies 5-1 in the final. England beat Wales 5-4 in the semis. Scotland beat Republic of Ireland 5-2 in the semis. Uh, in the men's event, Northern Ireland beat the Republic of Ireland 13-8. The Netherlands beat England 13-5. That is an absolute mauling, by the way. For an England team that contains Paul Hogan, James Hurrell, Jamie Atkins, Reese Collie, Scott Mitchell. Yeah. Yeah, that that, that that's uh you boys took a hell of a beating. Yeah. I know Scotty Mitchell lost in the final of the singles. But like I said, I, I only saw results. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is it in here? Okay. The way that this spread out in Dark Connect is a bit mad to find it. I can't see it. No, that's cool. Um, yeah, this is an interesting one as well. I've listened to it. It was um, it was a good listen. To be fair, yeah, I haven't. But it. it is on my list. It's a, no, it was um, it, it 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 was a good listen. Yeah, I listened to it this morning. I thought it was very interesting. Um, and it was interesting from both sides as well. I thought Jordan spoke very well in it as well. Um, I know sometimes it's not always easy uh, to listen to or agree with some of the points we make up, but I thought it was very, very good. Quite informative as well. And it was good to to see James open up about some of the, the things that have gone on uh, and, and his life and darts as well. Um, so I thought it was very interesting. Definitely one to watch. To be fair, I've listened to every episode of that podcast and I think Simon Jordan's actually very good on it. Each, each episode's been very, very good so far. Yeah, and no, I actually, I'm, I actually like Jordan. In fairness, even when he's on Talksport, and uh, I just know there's plenty of people out there that don't agree with some of the stuff he says. But I think he's, uh, I think he's bang on most of the time. Yeah, I don't have a problem with his opinions. It's when he's interviewing. I feel like he just doesn't give them enough time to talk. There's a really good TikTok the other day about what it's like when Simon Jordan's interviewing, and Jim White just cut. He's like an impressionist, and Jim White cuts it after he says one word, and you're going, "You're not giving him chance to speak." Yeah, Jordan lays into him a bit more. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. Have we missed out on anything else in a week of darts? Yes, today, oh. seniors. Yeah, I leave you to say the. Take the reins there, God. is a World Seniors Tour Card holder. And we'll be heading to the match play in York, uh, first weekend of September. He is one of 11 players announced for that event that also currently includes Glenn Durrant's return to the Oc. He's going to be on commentary this weekend, slightly different capacity, but he will be playing in York in September. Enough time to get his game back in shape. Uh, the 12th invitational spot that, that's normally reserved at the moment uh, will either go to the winner this weekend or another invitation should they already be involved. Uh, and then the four qualifiers, as per usual, two from qualifying events, one order of merit leader, one money list leader, which Richie Housen has quite a sizable lead on again. Heading into yeah. that, his, his place is pretty much secure, but as it's the lowest ranked way to qualify for an event, if he wins this weekend, 
he comes off of that and the next comes down it. If he moves back up to number one on the order of merit, it drops back down someone else. Or if he goes and wins one of the qualifiers, the same thing happens again. So whilst his place is secured, the manner in which he secured it isn't yet. Yeah. In bold, if you like. Which I know could be quite confusing for some people, but where the seniors event is still, the seniors tour is still growing and probably needs more floor standalone floor events qualifiers remain ranked events and because there isn't enough opportunities for players to go and play just the floor events and pick up enough ranking points to contend with people that are making semi-finals or qualifiers but not quite getting there that's the fairest system that they can come up with at a minute you almost have to think of qualifiers as a qualifying series not as a standalone qualifying event yeah, and yeah, I like that. At the very end of this, where do you stand? Not, oh, he's already there. It's once that series is over. Yeah. This is how everything falls into place. Yeah, I get that. Anything else in a week of darts, or are we just about covered up before we open up question time? Just that Trent Alexander Arnold is absolutely unbelievable. And even Calvin can fill it to score tonight. <laughs> oh my god, they must be shit. <laughs> They've been brilliant. They stopped the Italians going to the World Cup and we put seven past them. <laughs> um right, we've got a couple of starred questions, but everyone else in get your um get get your questions in now. This one, um do you think if teams like Northern Ireland had rock um MVG Netherlands I certainly think that if Josh Rock plays for Northern Ireland, they're a better side. He he is the best player from Northern Ireland at the moment. He certainly in the most form over the last whatever, but the fact he doesn't have a two-year cycle has probably gone against him a little bit. But yeah, I think looking at that is all well and good in hindsight. If Dolan and Gurney had clicked and gone, actually, that's the experience, that's them playing together this weekend, we wouldn't be having that conversation at all. So... Yes and no. There's always that, oh, what should they have done this? Would they have been better doing this? But everybody knows how the teams are picked these days. There is no ambiguity that there has been in the past with perhaps a, a Team Netherlands or a Team Scotland. Just yeah, no. This, this one was interesting. I got the impression that Anderson cared more about the... Not just Gary, to be fair. Going into the World Cup, there was a lot of talk about this was the way into the Grand Slam for a lot of players. Yes, Gary said it on the live lands when he came on that it was a route in. Johnny also said his thoughts were on the Grand Slam. Now, where are we on Grand Slam qualification? Because surely players looking at it going, this gets me in the slam for just getting to the final is not the right way. And surely that devalues the competition a little bit that if players aren't thinking about winning it, they're thinking about getting to the final to get to the Grand Slam. So, I don't think anybody goes into a final hoping to lose it because their job is done. If anything, I think it adds importance to a team event that perhaps teams of, or players have individually taken for granted a little bit or just gone through the motions. If you look at some of the, the, the passion that guys played with this weekend or the bravado or, or we always say it means something playing for your country, but actually with that little bit extra on the line, because let's be honest, the financial reward for winning the World Cup is not as great as 
some other tournaments, especially as you keep going deep, you need that extra carrot at the end of it. If anything, having a Grand Slam spot for it increases the value of the World Cup. You might say it decreases the Grand Slam a little bit. For the winner, I agree with. It increases the World Cup. I'm not sure the runner-up of the World Cup should get a Grand Slam spot. World Cups of every major do. So they want to keep ranking it as a major. What, what's a major TV event? They're all the same. You There's won't no that one for the last decade, pal. You've there made is, your bed lying it. There is no such thing as a major in the PDC. They're all televised titles. That's Exactly. Then it's a televised title and it comes with the incentive of you go in the Grand Slam, which used to be a combination of BDO versus PDC. And now it's a combination of you may have done something on TV or you're one of eight people that want a random qualifier somewhere. That bit is still a joke. Yeah, I think the, the whole qualification... <laughs> it's not that the World Cup runner-up gets in, it's that Wayne Jones normally qualifies every bloody year because he makes <laughs> a minute to it and pops up the qualifier. <laughs> Sorry, Wayne, who is very solid has been uh, qualified for a scenes event this year. And another one that I starred earlier was from Sam, question for Leia. Players who haven't got a tour card, who you'd like to see get one and who exceeded expectations at the World Cup? The Italians exceeded my expectation, given that I thought I questioned how they picked their sides. You look at the names that have played at Q score the last couple of years. Sergio Crasson's one of those that you're like, where was he? Perez uh, has been there before. I don't think Dante has. I thought Dante um, was really good. But he yeah. was absolutely solid, so you can't question them. Uh, without a tour card, I'd like to see... Um, Benjamin Drews, I thought he was very, very steady. I wouldn't mind seeing... Where's he gone? I can't remember his name now. So good he was. Uh, Dimitri Zukos. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was decent. From Latvia, but he plays in Ireland, doesn't he? He's been very, very steady. Yeah, I, I said it earlier. I, I liked what I saw of Zong for the first time on, on TV. I, I'd, I'd like to see some, some more of him. Um... And Mahmoud as well from Bahrain. There's a player there. Yeah. And and Ben Rob, obviously, but we've we've seen bits of Ben in the in the past. Uh Manlock Lung, I, I still think he's a fantastic talent. Um the lad that played with uh, is it Kaziak? Oscar Lukasiak. I thought he was very steady for Sweden. Yeah, and I agree. Very, very steady indeed. Um yeah. Other than that, I think we've just named half the field, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's what we do, isn't it? Um, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't see... I, I don't see it, it, it not. You would be seriously questioning what the PDC are doing if they attempt to revert back to the old format. Yeah. This is a good one as well. Um, should there be a seniors World Cup? Also, a women's World Cup for. I don't you you for the women's one. I don't see it happening yet. The, the, the field's not big enough, but the seniors World Cup. Absolutely. This was on Twitter last last week as well. It was being branded around. <laughs> yeah, but the the seniors account pushed it on the Friday. I think it was. I wonder how that happened, Liam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But it's created quite a bit of interest. And look, I mean, once you start naming the potential pairs, the, the certain teams that are going to be in it, it's just ridiculous. I mean, um, some of the, the potential pairs, I mean, Duff and McGarry and Adams and Taylor. I mean, it's, it just it, it just has so much, it could have so much potential as well. I mean, if the seniors isn't is already good enough, I mean, could you imagine a, a seniors World Cup of darts as well? Well, I was trying not. I was at that point. I knew John Henderson had accepted an invitation, but it hadn't been announced. So everyone's going, "Oh, Scotland could be this." I'm like, Henderson's mm. on the <laughs> sideline right now. <laughs> but, yeah. Um... To be fair, this, this is a good one. I know you can't say too much, Gob, but. If he continues to crash and burn, there is a genuine consideration that he shouldn't be seeded on merit. I think for the World Championship, he always will be. There's enough seeds there. And part yeah. of the criteria that have been used for the last two years is previous World Championship victories. There is always that. The first World Team is world championship was every former world champion over the age of 50 that was eligible was invited not all of them accepted that invitation not all of them were in fit enough health to play etc but every single former world champion was invited the seeding criteria is number of world titles won at that point at some point that will remain i think for at least next year if not the one after that where it will be defending champion seniors major winners former world champions in order of number of world titles. I think there is always going to be that little bit of a nod throwback to those that have achieved so much. In that, the rest of the events, Taylor's made two finals. Let's not go completely writing him off here, but if he keeps losing to different people in the finals, he is going to keep falling. Yeah. It's only really the World Championship where he has flopped. Yeah. Um, uh, how are we doing? Uh, Issy, hope you are good. Um, it's, it's never going to be a thing. Dark players are off as soon as they've lost. Trying to get them to play a meaningless game. Never going to happen. Yeah, look, it'll be tough to fill it in with the schedule on the weekend just to squeeze a third place playoff in there. And it will be a, a bit of a mediocre game as well, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, Matthew, this is our bad look. We, we need to go through the messages, but we just haven't had physical time. Is the, is the honest truth, because it's just relentless at the moment. But we will sort that. Promise. Uh, off the players, and to, who's he going to the scenes in the future? Uh, I think Steve Beaton would definitely go. Once once his days are up, I don't... Want, if the great man loses his tour card in the next couple of bit. I don't see him going to Q score again, do you? No, but we thought Steve Beaton was going to lose his tour card before the seniors was even a concept. And it's, it's 18, yeah. 18 months old now. Uh, Mervyn King, I think, is in real trouble. I think he drops to 57th yeah. in the world in the tour card race. Yeah. That is precariously poised, given that for the back end of the year, you're going to have new tour card holders or guys that have only played one year not defending anything with a chance to run at 
some extra cash for the last six months of the year. Um, I'm not sure at the very top end. I'm not sure if you'll see a Gary Anderson, a Peter Wright, a, a Rema Van Barneveld. I think you'll see a Simon Whitlock. But he is just plodding along and he could sit mid-30s or 40s in the rankings for the next three or four years without even thinking about it. I don't think his level is going to drop off precariously enough. Um, not sure about Barney. I think when it was launched, if he hadn't gone back to Q school, then wouldn't have been surprised at all. Barney versus Taylor as a, as a way to get your, your seniors tore off the ground is, is a huge selling point. Um, I'm not sure if Gary will be asked. I think this is a, a last roll of the dice in the PDC. He's very content not playing darts. 100%. Uh, this is just uh, the one year that we've been begging for. Just just put some effort in and, and see what happens and then ride off into the sunset at the very end of it, if that's how you feel. Peter Wright, maybe. I don't know, though. I'm not sure. I think he might be one to just walk away, given um, if he does pack it in, I think it'll be... A, him being that little bit drained, but B, Joe's had a lot of ill health in the last couple of years. And if he does walk away, it wouldn't surprise me if it's to, to spend more time with Joe. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, other than that, I'm trying to think who's approaching that age. Brendan Dolan, maybe? De Souza. He still works, doesn't he? Or could still work. Possibly, yeah. Definitely not a fucking accountant, though, is he? <laughs> uh, well, I wouldn't have him in charge of my accounts anyway, that's for sure. Yeah, you would, you would, you would, you would be the amount I've got to pay, then I'm fine with it. You wouldn't be a financial advisor, would he? <laughs> Spend six billion on this, but Joe's only got four, yeah, it's fine. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's that one. Also, coming up, the Cut off for the world match play. Only one event left, boys. Tria is going to be huge. Oh, what have they updated? I have sent the guys at Darts Rankings a little bit of a message. Just saying, have you done the calculations for the women's match play yet? Any dark green aside from Bo Greaves as a little bit of a nudge. It would be nice if they colour coordinated those that are in. I know you can hover to find out. I just think as a glance, it'd be nice if you just hovered over to see which ones are in Trier. Yeah. Put a star next to them or something. Um, do you think... I don't think anyone should have a tour card. What we saw at the weekend, could he go and win one? Absolutely. There was, yeah. there was enough to say that he, he could go and win one. Has he even been to Q School before? I can't remember. I don't think so. No, I don't don't remember seeing um, that. But overall, boys, there's never never a dull moment in darts, is there? Pretty standard, mate. It's what we do. Um, plenty coming up on the channel. We will keep you posted what is going on. We've got an interview with Kevin Painter going out this week before the Seniors Masters. The rest... We've just got to coordinate and get our shit together. But other than that, everyone, thank you very much for spending the last two hours with us here on the Live Lounge. It's been superb to have you 
all along. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you to Liam for stepping in while Boise buggered off to the football. Can't get no problem. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, <laughs> but, of course, remember, if you haven't yet, make sure you give us a thumbs up. Follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And thank you for everyone. Just past 10K followers on TikTok. I'm not going to lie. I said I haven't got a freaking clue what we're doing on it, but people started keep following us, so we'll take it. Um, <laughs> your YouTube video, bang, now, will do, lads. It's literally about bang, send it across. Um, but thank you very much, as always. I'm in Phil Bath, Jack Garwood, Liam Riley. Thank you very much, as always. And we'll see you all next week. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.